0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Light the Fight. We are a podcast on parenting, family, and failures.
1: (laughs) I bring the failure.
0: Well, no, well, I mean, don't all those kind of come together, though? It's true, right? It's true. You know, not all failures. No, I mean, well, I mean, that's how you learn, right? That is. It's not failing; it's learning. Some of us get a lot of learning in. That's right. Full-time learners. <laughs> now, welcome everybody to another episode of Light the Fight. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk about the the new year. is it? New year, same problems.
1: <laughs> Wait, what were you saying? I can't remember what you were saying. Yeah, I guess so.
0: New year, new resistance. We can keep on going if you want.
1: Right, right. Now, well, we- Maybe before we just jump head on into what we want to talk about, which is actually like, how is the new year going? Um, Let's just really quickly give a shout out to our sponsors.
0: Absolutely. And last but not least, 1-800-CONTACTS. We thank you. We praise you. And uh, we honor you for giving such great Uh, contacts, but also being such a great place for people to work at. So all the people that we know, we know a lot of people work that work at Winning Hunter Contacts. They love their company. You love their contacts. And we love the fact that they got our back.
1: That's right. Sounds good.
0: All right. So back to the new you, same problems and go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. I've been saying forever that, well, forever this year. (laughs) Forever this year? That's a... New Year's resolution wasn't going to start until after my trade show. Okay. And so I kind of – like have you seen those memes that are going around on social media that say something like 2020 starts in February, January is just a free trial month. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Because that's kind of where I I'm I haven't at seen that one. Right now. Well, that, free that's trial a month. One. I, I kind of like bookmarked it. I like that. Um, Because I – I feel like there's so much hype in the beginning of the year, and um,
0: and energy too. A lot of oh, times, people are like, sure. "I got this." We're and yeah.
1: and then you take off running, and and for me, like, I wanted to be all in. I wanted to change everything about me at <laughs> once, like I always do. Um, but because I was so overwhelmed. Um, with trade show prep and what I was doing, I, you know what I did was I put things on the shelf. And so for the last three weeks, are we three weeks into?
0: Ish, yeah, no, 21 days. Yeah, yeah three there weeks. you
1: go. Last three weeks, um, I've been just thinking about what was the most important change that I needed to make. Um, and I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it because I wasn't taking any action. Because um, I was just working and working. And when I finally came home from the show and I got this huge chunk of my brain back, I literally was able to just take this new goal that I've had, that I've been thinking about for three weeks, and just like poof, go all in. So you remember how we talked about um,
0: – So you just had it on Simmer. The goal is are you sitting yeah. on Simmer. It's just- yeah.
1: And then you just turn up to a fast boil. You you remember how you said, um, ask your family?
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What do you mean? How am I (laughs) I forget that? My family told me some (laughs) things I had to say on the podcast I didn't want to admit. Really proud of you. Really
1: proud of you. Yeah, that was a
0: rough one. Don't go back and listen to that episode from (laughs) last week.
1: So, one of the things that bothers my family, that bothers me, is just like the mass chaos in my scrapbook room. And, um, Even though it's kind of out of the way and we like to close the door on Mm. it, um, I think anytime anybody needs to find somebody, something up in my scrapbook room, it's impossible. And um, so even though nobody like sat down and like had an intervention with me, (laughs) (laughs) when I told the kids that I wanted to totally flip, total clean out of my scrapbook room, they were all in. In fact... All of my kids were helping me. Quincy was like leading the way. Helping me. Wait a second. Do
0: you guys hear that? Her kids were helping her clean up and do something that probably led you to believe it was important to
1: them. I think it was. Also, I think that they. (laughs) They saw what it does to you too. I think they wanted to help me. Yeah. Because I I did tell them, you guys, I feel like it's closing in on me.
0: Isn't it crazy when you walk in a room and you think that room is a direct reflection of your mind?
1: Oh, my gosh. I
0: hate that, man. For me, it, was, it used to be my car. I always look good on the outside, but on the inside, <laughs> you find lots of sand and burrito wrappers and so on and so forth. Anyways, you may appreciate Well,
1: proceed. so <laughs> the kids started helping me. And I told them, like, I drew up a sketch. I told them what I wanted to do. And they helped me. And we just moved everything out. All the furniture. I sold the furniture on KSL. Wow. They wanted to go with me to Ikea. They helped. My kids have helped me put together the, the furniture. And, um, like, people were on board. These My people were on board. Both, I think, because they really did recognize that this <laughs> needed to happen. And... I, I I mean we got some before pictures. I'm not. I probably won't share them until I have like a solid. Come after. on.
0: But, <laughs> oh, solid but after. Right okay. now,
1: like the intermediary photo, which is like my entire guest room, 100 percent full to the ceiling, <laughs> and the scrapbook room completely empty. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it is interesting that sometimes these changes that we want to make. We kind of got to think about it for a minute. We kind of have to have a vision because sometimes if you just drop in, jump in, like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to work out every day, just go, go, go. Like sometimes week two comes around and you're sore and tired and it's still dark. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, what you're saying, you know, it, it takes a long time to come up with a good plan. Like, good plans don't just manifest themselves overnight. Like, even even like I, I remember when I played football, it's like we get done playing a game on Saturday, and then Sunday and Monday for two days around the clock, the coaches are trying to come up with the best plan for our next game the next Saturday. And then throughout the week, we're working out all the fine details so that when the time it comes to, you know, put that plan to work – We've already done the reps and we've gone through it. But it takes a lot of planning, a lot of preparation. And one thing that, that came to my mind when we were talking before the podcast is I think that's what happens when we start off a new year is we have all this zest and energy and hope. And when I say we, I think a lot of people like the fact that, okay, I got a, I got a fresh start. They either I can- do
1: that or they think, I'm not even going to try.
0: Well, that that was going to be the next thing okay. I was going to say, <laughs> and so I think a lot of people go in that one camp. They're in that camp. They're in the hope camp, hope camp, hope camp, and they're like, go! And they're like, they're sprinting, not realizing it's a marathon. And then you have the other people like, I've ah, been there, done that. They have no hope. Or, not
1: going to get sucked into this resolution. Plan. Not
0: going to get sucked into it. And so, since they have no hope, they don't really put the time and effort into come up with a good plan, a good strategy. And so, when you're saying like. You kind of let it marinate for a while. You just kind of let it sitting in. You're thinking about it because I think that's a true testament. If something really is ready for change, a person ponders, thinks about it, and it's almost like they can't get it out of their head. It's almost like it's annoying them, but not necessarily always in a bad way. It's just kind of itching at them. I know lately I'm just like, there's a couple of things I'm like, I'm itching to do. I'm like, it's like, I don't have anxiety. I'm actually anxious to do it. Mm-hmm. But I know that's
1: me. A, that's an interesting way to look at it. Mm-hmm.
0: No, yeah, it's a small shift, but it's a much different, like, ah, I have all this anxiety, like, ah, I can't, I got to get in there. Like, put me in, put me in, like, you want to kind of get how after that's I it.
1: was feeling on this, in this particular thing. I, like, I just, uh, I came home from the show, I'm so tired. Like, I'm tired, but yet I was super energized because I was just ready to make that plan, kick that plan into action.
0: Well, it's it's prep work. So... Going back to something that, you know, I, I've said a lot on this podcast and it can easily be taken out of context. I I, I understand that some things I say just off the cusp, I'm just, I'm talking trash. Like I, don't get me wrong. I do mean the majority of the things I say, sometimes I'm just messing around, right? To kind of stir up some stuff, right? But this big thing that I have had from day one in our podcast, and by the way, we started this podcast when you came back from your last, from a show, what, two years ago now? Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, we'll do a whole episode on the difference of that, <laughs> but uh, you're like, no, let's not. I not. We need to go down that kind of memory lane. But you know, there's one camp of the hope camp, and then there's the the camp of bah humbug. Like it's just, it's just same old year. I've tried to do New Year's resolutions. It's not going to work out. Like very down about it, right? But really, if you're able to marry the two, if you're able to take a good idea identify some patterns in your life that need to be changed. Then you start to think about that and let that kind of you know marinate for a little while. One thing that just came to my mind that someone did a while ago, and this wasn't a New Year's resolution thing. It was just kind of they need to make some life changes. They say, no, I'm going to take this month to do a couple of basic things to see what that change is going to look like. Because this person wanted to change their life financially, but they didn't know, do I go back to school? Do I pick up a second job? Like They're trying to figure this out. The pressure that we feel to make a decision right away sometimes gets us in trouble. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, waiting too long, as the saying goes, you know, um, uh, paralysis by overanalysis, not making a decision is the worst decision you can make. So we got to give ourselves some time parameters. I think we really do work well with time limits because we're used to time limits in our life. So marrying that hope with a really good plan or in other words, a really good strategy is what you're giving us an example that you've done. You had the hope that you want this to be a new year. You sat there and said, okay, what are the things that I'm going to have to do to change the new year? You asked your kids and you just, fortunately for you, because you weren't going to make these decisions till after the show, you've learned that if you've got a stressful thing coming up right now, planning for the future is not the best time to do that. You got to get to that point and then set up the plan for the next time. So hope and a good plan and marrying the two. It's really difficult for every one of you parents out there. If you're a boss, a manager, if you do anything, we're in charge of other people. It's really hard when you're constantly motivating other people, constantly trying to put gas in other people's tank. It's really hard to not not just remember to give yourself motivation, but to find it. There's so much going out to motivate other people. So if you have the hope that you can have a new year and you take some time to formulate a better plan based upon what didn't work in the past and what did work in the past and not put like a January 1st thing on it, because you could do this all year long, but give yourself three to four weeks. Most people find themselves three to four weeks. Now, unless it's an urgent decision, it has to be pressing. Three to four weeks helps you come up with a better way to approach maybe an old problem, but just from a different angle. Doesn't matter if this is your work, exercise. You, know, you just fill in whatever the challenges that you're working on. But marrying hope and strategy is really the key. Because I've been for those longtime listeners, I've always joked with Heidi. I'm like, hope's not a strategy. Hope's not a strategy. Well, duh, David, hope's not a strategy. But I never gave a solution to it not being a strategy. Well, here's the solution. The so, or here's what the solution can be. Take your hope. Write down what your hope is. In this case, you had like a mantra. You know, something you wrote down. So okay, I, I
1: think that. I think it is important and, and it, I don't mean to cut you no, off, no, no. but I kind of, I think that it's so important to have, to give yourself that chance for really sincere hope. Um,
0: Meaning because like at certain moments you're not going to have it yeah. and then you're going to think, so if I don't have it right now, I'll never get it back. And that may not be a true statement.
1: Or, or you know, one of the things that I talked about when I did my little solo podcast which is me was me learning one of the things I've had to learn was that now is not always. And so just because like in this moment, maybe there's a loss of hope in general, um, you know, that that's not forever. And so I, I think that it's it's essential for us as parents to always find a hope and, and what that looks like. I just wanna share a quick side story and if you Please follow see. me on Instagram you kind of know this but um, you know like I said I've kind of been in this neutral <coughs> place for 2020 of like I'm not going to start until after the show and so I've
0: just been going on a mental walk walkabout like just, just saying, kind yeah, of exploring just, it thinking
1: about it and I I needed to come up with like a theme for the year I'm, I'm a thematic person
0: it's kind of your business
1: <laughs> and um, as I was praying and pondering about like like I take it pretty seriously it gives me direction and vision and whatever and hope and this phrase the best is yet to come kept coming to my mind and I'd be like almost offended by that phrase like every time it popped into my head it was like well it's n- the best is never going to be yet to come because I don't have Corey." Like almost like with Corey, the hope for good also died.
0: It was much greater when he was here.
1: And I think that that can happen with any trauma is my guess is that like.
0: And what's traumatizing, there's a wide scale that losing your job can be traumatizing. Right. Even if you didn't like it. (laughs) <laughs> just simply because you needed the money, you know? Right.
1: Major changes can yeah. feel like, okay, th- things are never going to be good again. A breakup, y- you know, things are never going to be good again. And um, I was afraid and uncomfortable to accept a belief that the best could be yet to come. And yet that kept on coming back to my mind. And... um I realized that I needed to look a little bit deeper into it. And I think something interesting that's happened is that for so long, I've been so seeped in healing that I don't even think I was worried about hope. Like, I wasn't wasn't trying to think about great times ahead. I was just trying to get through and so like these i get these little indications that there's some healing because i'm willing to have hope i don't know if if that makes sense and and for any of you who who've lost a child in specific you know you think to yourself why am i worried so much about this child that i've lost versus these children that i have here but 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 it's hard yeah. for for whatever reason um so so I decided to accept that mantra of the best is yet to come and think about it and look at it and hold it as a hope. Not meaning that like, oh, everything is just going <laughs> to. Yeah, you don't want your
0: future to be determined by the way you feel at the moment. You want to, hey, let's just keep hope there. Let's keep it on the top shelf. Let's look at it. Let's keep there something to to know that we're not completely lost, right? We're not completely down.
1: So I remembered that like a long time ago, same show. We're staying in Vegas and staying in a hotel that is just like under full scale construction. And I hate it when you show up at a hotel and it's freaking under construction.
0: Like, Sorry, the pool doesn't work. Rude,
1: (laughs) you know. That's why I got
0: that $30 a night discount. (laughs)
1: They had, like, all of these signs all over that was, like, the best is yet to come. And I was, like, for all the other guests that are coming, <laughs> great. But now I'm here stuck in your mess, you know. Yeah. But but it, it has dawned on me in this last little bit that, like, I'm kind of putting that sign on this little construction zone that I have in, in myself. Hoping to... Hoping to believe that I can become better that that there's still that there's still hope for me, which which I think is the first step in creating the plan.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look at um, like just imagine a bunch of like um, I don't know if you've ever seen this before like there's like little. I don't want to say like pads, but imagine where someone there's these things that are lifted off the ground, and there's circular things that you can step on, like to get like to the top of something, almost like a um, a ninja warrior course, or like so you have to jump to one step, you jump to another step, boop boop boop, and then you get to the final topic. Okay, I'm here.
1: Well, or then it, you fall into the sharks.
0: Well, not the sharks, <laughs> just water. Doesn't well, have to be sharks in there. Don't talk about sharks. That's my PTSD. I'm always worried about that when I'm out there surfing. Anyway, so the first step you get to. Yeah, that's hope. Okay, you get your foot in. Okay, you look at the next one. You got to jump to the next one. Well, you jump to the next one, it could be strategy, plan. We jump to the next one, you land on it. It says time. Like just yeah. be here for a time. Then you go to the next one. Hard work. So you got to jump to that one. Then next one is slow down, pay attention. And every single one of these little leaps that we're taking along the way doesn't mean that we let go. we lost, go. We lost hope doesn't mean that we're not taking our time. It means for the next step that we have to take, that is what's leading us to our end goal, whatever that goal is. So if we want to build a better business, a better family, each step is where we need to be at that particular moment. Starts with hope, goes to time, goes to other different types of things. And maybe another step in the future is like, okay, now you need a little hope right now. And the reason why I like to have that little visual is because when we're standing, everything on one specific step That's all we got. Like, we're right there. Those days where I can't have any hope. Well, then go back to your plan. Go back to the strategy because the strategy and the plan doesn't have feelings in it. That's why when I look at people on on different spectrums, uh, I was talking to someone the other day. They're complaining about this boss, how they said, yeah, my boss is very just, no emotions, no feelings, no nothing. Then their immediate boss right above them, super empathetic, compassionate. I said, if I could only have a boss right in the middle. Well, I explained to this person that Thank goodness for that one boss who has no motion and can cut it all out because the company wouldn't be as successful if it didn't have a person that could just disassociate from emotions like that. They weren't a mean person. And then the person who's warm and fuzzy that was the more immediate manager, that person really kept people with the hope that this is going to work out. This person was the strategy plan person. This person was the plan person. It's a great company. They love working for it. But when he was talking to the hope lady, the lady who made her feel good, and then go talk to the other boss that made him feel bad, he was trying to put his feelings in both of those, not realizing that this person is one step for you and this person is one step for you neither of those people determine their performance they just provide the foundation
1: mm-hmm.
0: right so hope is part of the foundation strategy is part of the foundation all of them are required to have good healing right through trauma mm-hmm. all of them are required to run a better household because let's face it in, in my household i'm the hope guy funny thing is i'm sitting here going oh hope, is solid, straight. i'm really talking to myself my wife's the, what's the numbers? What's the, she, like, she doesn't get all the feelings emotionally involved in it. But me, I'm like, hey, the kids are tired today. Let's just let them go to school late. She's like, no. I'm like, dang it. She's right. <laughs> so we do need that sort of balance. But the hard part that you're talking about is how do we do it within ourselves? It's hard to be like, how do I know when to be hopeful and to hold on to that? Because that can get you through some dark nights, especially when we're talking about depression, anxiety, suicide, get you through some dark nights. But then in the morning you may still have to go to work.
1: Well, and as we talk, as we talk to here, that we may have listeners that are good at having hope, yeah. And we may ta- be talking to people who are like, all hope is lost. Yeah. Y- you know, like I have nothing to believe in, or you know, things are so bad, or I'm so resentful or so hurt or you know whatever, and. um, I think that as we start this new year we can kind of come in with this like super super good big guns go 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 and then automatically there's like uh same you know problems. And so you make it, you make this great plan and then nobody cooperates <laughs> and you're left kind of like with well that didn't work and so now all that all that, those good vibes and those good hopes are kind of shattered.
0: You know, I had to go back in my mind as you're talking to think about where I'd first heard this entire hope's not a strategy type thing. And I'm glad I remembered it because something you just said. I, I've never said this. I don't, th- I don't believe I ever said this on the podcast before, but a mentor of mine a long time ago kind of said the same thing. Like, hope's great, but, you know. It's not a strategy, right? So I kind of adopted that. I got what he meant because he was speaking specifically to me. I was hoping on all these things to come to fruition. And he was like, well, what are you going to do about it, right? So what I found out is that hope for some people that are very, they lead with hope. Some people lead with this plan. With hope, if you use hope to get you motivated, to get you going, And you give yourself a little time, like, you know, set a date, like I'll give myself two, three weeks or a couple days to figure out what I want to do about a situation. Having hope that things can get better and that it's going to get better can help you create much better plans and much better strategies. And then the reverse is also true. Some people that lead with a plan that need to be very structured up front before they'll let any sense of optimism come inside their brain. By them having a really tight plan and the plan starts to manifest itself, then they can start to have hope yeah. for the future that they don't have to be so That's guarded I could see that. and so apprehensive because you see these types of personalities. Some people are very guarded, meaning they're cautious, they're apprehensive. And some people are like, you meet them in five minutes, like, and hey, when I was three years old, this happened. <laughs> like they're not guarded at all. Like they just put it all out there and they're they're the dreamers. Right. But the dreamer and the planner they ha- I mean, they don't have to, but I think when we can marry the two of those together inside of our own psyche, inside of our own mind, we find ourselves not getting bogged down and stopping our progress as quickly. Like it's hard to stop someone's progress, but they have a nice recipe of a little bit of hope and a little bit of fluffiness, but then they got some stick to itness too and they can, they can grind it late at night if they have to, but then they also know that that's not a good plan for the rest of their life. Like they got to figure out some sort of a balance. And so that marriage between the hoper and the planner I I, I see with my clients that seem to make big changes in not just mental health issues, but relationship issues, family issues, financial issues. They seem in their own way start to be able to find a pattern where both can coexist.
1: I think that – Was that easy to follow? Yeah. I like that because I can can think of people in my head that fall into those two categories. My category is – my plan is like to literally change everything. <laughs> you know, like even you yeah. take my scrapbook room. I wanted to dump the entire thing. Like I wanted to just watch the match in and just, you know, because I And would, that
0: would have been called an emotional response. <laughs> She's like, wait, I got to wait. I threw away all my own products. What did I just but do? The,
1: but the fact is that particularly in relationships, we can never just go in and say, okay, I want to change every single thing.
0: Oh, we can say it.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. and and let's, we can say- let's be
0: clear, we can say it.
1: Okay, so so maybe let's just talk about like realistic hopes. The difference between hope and realistic hope.
0: Well, I I think we just gave a nice little like a little like I don't say a hack or a cheat code, but a good a little observation of we need both. Mm-hmm. Like like using the business analogy, businesses don't become successful because there's a dreamer making all the decisions. Right. But then again, businesses don't become successful if they can't think outside the box and they're strictly stuck to the bottom line. They're, they're not doing that, um, helping people out, get going. They're not doing any solids. They're not helping people feel comfortable with them and build a relationship with their consumers. So really finding that, that balance between the two. But to pick the things you want to hope for, and you talked about having realistic hope, right? I think it starts there.
1: like Like in this plan... I'm, I can realistically do this. It's like, I hope. But I can't, I can't change everything about this, our relationship right now.
0: Exactly.
1: Maybe for the next four weeks, let's just focus on picking up the wet towels.
0: Well, since most of our listeners have families and are parents of some sort, let, let's, let's stick with that, right? The, which you're just going down. So if you want to be a person that has realistic hope, doesn't mean that you can't have the big dreams out there, but you got to do something like have hope for something right now in your immediate control. So let's say your hope is that your kids will respect you. It's a l- big l- one. Let's put, that a big on, one. <laughs> uh, let's put that up there on, on the like to work towards list, right? Right. Because if they don't respect you one day or one moment and they respect you eight moments before that, but that one moment, it was so disrespectful then all hope could be lost that our kids are going to have respect for us in the future. When in reality, that doesn't mean we stop doing the things that we were doing before. It doesn't mean that we have to let go of hope. So with that situation, we might be like, all right, realistically, if I want them to respect me, that's the big hope. But the more immediate hope is, let me do some things that'd be really hard for them to not respect me. Okay? Mm -hmm. You can be mad at me. And I've had a lot of parents learn how to talk like this. Like, you can be mad at me because I'm not letting you do something I want you to do. And- I'm still going to have your lunch pack tomorrow. I'm still going to make sure that you get to school in time. The things that you need me to do, I'm still going to make sure you get those things done. So you don't want to be like, all hope is lost for you because I told you no. And that's something that we can model better for our kids. So if we're able to have hope, but then have a realistic plan of like how you can do that particular moment, that's just one statement that you could use. Mm-hmm. Like just telling them something. It can manifest itself in so many different types of ways. But hope is, the, is not a goal. Hope is... It's, it's a place. It's like I said, that's like that step that you need to have that right yeah. then to keep on going, but you can't sit there for too long. It's just a placeholder. It's not supposed to be there all the time. And then same thing with having realistic expectations, realistic expectations. in in that sense of with your kids, like, Hey, I want you to respect for me and, and to me. But right now, what I really want is I really want you to do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> I want reason to respect you. Mm-hmm. So if you can tell your kids, I will respect you more if you do this. If you don't do it, I'm still love you, but this I might have some love and respect for you, right? That's more realistic. So we got to bring it like here's the big one, here's a little one. It's no difference at, at my job. It's like yeah, my job is to be promoted in the next year, but right now I just want to make a little bit more money. Right, so right now, like, what can I work late? Like, do some things to help out? That's more of an intermediate one. So, I always tell people if you want these big plans for your kids, which everybody wants, start with some little intermediate goals that you don't have to have just total optimism on. You can actually have some control over right now. It could be listening to this podcast, it could be reading uh, a good self help book, it could be doing better self care for yourself because you can hope that your kids are gonna mellow out. But if you do enough things that helps you mellow out, and that you, know, you can control that one a little bit
1: better. Absolutely, <laughs> and you know I like I like what you just said because the plan has to sort of center on things we can control. Yeah. Um, because if if we're laying everything on things that aren't in our control. Then it's just disappointment. Well, think
0: of how dangerously fast our emotions can change. If we make plans based upon intense emotions and then they change, that's why a lot of people don't follow through with a lot of their news resolutions. They're so emotionally charged that plans really shouldn't be made out of huge emotions. Even like, for example, like OSHA, like companies, it's their job to make sure that people don't get hurt on the job site. Someone has to get hurt for them to create up new policies and procedures. But the plan isn't like, oh, we're just gonna wait for more people to get hurt before we come up with better ways to keep employees safe. No, their plan is to have nobody get hurt. I mean, that hope is to have nobody get hurt. And their plan is what can we do to make sure to the best of our control that right now people don't get hurt on our job sites doing these particular things. Then if something happens bad, we'll deal with that. But we gotta do something within our control right now. And for a lot of parents, We get so emotional, like the podcast we did about the more you blow up, the less you follow up. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with, you know, starting off the new year. It's the same thing about trying to make family changes. If it's super keyed up and it's all based on the energy of hope, it doesn't have a lot of stability in a good plan because it was created out of intense emotions Mm -hmm. and fear sometimes.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is just because like for us, um, Jordan School District, today when we are recording it, Today was the grade submission day, so there was no dun, dun, school. Dun, dun, dun. Tomorrow, fresh new quarter.
0: Semester even,
1: yeah. Even more so, Fresh yeah. new semester. So, so right now we have this, this kind of awesome place of we're into the into the new year.
0: So there's new hope, so, right? So, <laughs>
1: so we've kind, maybe we've burned off some of that like super emotional energy, right? Yeah. And maybe some of the grades didn't land right where everybody would have wanted them to because that, wasn't, that was old you. That was 2019. We can't even remember back then before. <laughs> um, but this, you know, all the thoughts and the hopes that you had maybe coming into 2020, um, I, just, I just thought that we could remind you that you can still have hope. And still have good vibes, and still have energy, still believe. But what is in in your control? What can you? What's the one one realistic plan that you can execute starting right now um, that will lead you toward that hope? And and I wanted to bring it up because we do joke a lot about like hope isn't a strategy, um, but. I did want David to have to tell us that it was okay. <laughs> you guys get to
0: understand. So in my defense, I'm fearful of people being like me. Right. And I'm a dreamer. I'm a hoper. Like my my wife's big con- criticism of me early on in our relationship was that, you know, you got the you have the degrees, like you did I she's like, you did all the stuff that makes it look like you're gonna be successful. And she wasn't obviously marrying me for my success at that time because <laughs> I didn't have a lot. But I could tell she was like trying to calculate, what are my odds that this guy's going to actually be able to keep his stuff together to like pay bills and have family? Because I'm a little bit of a, I was a little bit of a wild child in some ways. Right. (laughs) And so she was always looking at me sideways like, I don't know if he can like deliver on the, he's good at talking, not good good as doing. Right. Yeah. She cuts right through all my stuff. She is not, she's always got skeptical hippo eyes with me. Right. (laughs) But what it, what it came down to was that in certain times when, I was feeling inadequate, you know, wasn't, I didn't feel like I was measuring up. My hope would get out of control. Mm. That's when it'd start to skyrocket where I just want to like to prove with my words that I could eventually be valuable in the future. Big issue with that for me is that I didn't know I could do that. So my hope was really just like just throwing things out there to the wind. Like, so I had to really learn how to have a healthy version of hope. So when I say things like hope's not a strategy, hope's not a strategy. You know, you always, when people remind you of yourself, you're like, no, don't do that. Like, please stop. (laughs) Oh yeah. People that don't have my issue, I'm like, oh, you'll be fine. Like you got to pull it back a little bit. But for me, I'm a dreamer. I'm a hoper. So when I'm telling people this in our podcast, get you guys got to understand something. I'm this male that used to pride myself and being all macho and tough. And now I've just submitted I'm the most sensitive human being on the planet. I'm okay <laughs> with it. But what it comes down to like for me is that I know my big blind spot was my heart. And my heart, when my heart got involved in relationships, when my heart got involved in my future plans, oh, it got so hopey. <laughs> it <laughs> got so hopey. It was just like dripping with hope, right? Mm unfortunately i hid behind my hope a lot too mm. because for me hope was something that if i just hoped it and i believed it and all these things and i'm a good person right yeah, i'm a good person I, I haven't killed hey, anyone hey. you know i haven't lied in a week or so you know like i'm i'm doing pretty good you know i wanted to give myself pats on the back because i thought that was the recipe for success it was painful to me when I saw so many people coming through my practice throughout the years that looked just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed like me, but it was dealing with their kids and their marriages, things that were like, okay, you need to get out of the hope realm. You got some serious stuff right now. Some
1: more. Like when people
0: some would more. come to me and tell me, my kid keeps on saying they're suicidal and I think it's just for attention, like blah, blah, blah. I'm like looking at them. I'm like, I hope you're just venting this to me right now. I hope that I can convince you that you need to take this seriously because you're hoping that, oh, this is just for attention. That is not a strategy. So mine came from the fear of watching so many people, I don't want to say ruin their lives, but they definitely did not help their situation because they just wanted to sit there on a bed of hope. And that scares me. It scares me because that's my biggest missed opportunity in my life because I sat there and said, I'm just going to hope that God tells me what job and what person I should be with. I'm still waiting for him to tell me. I, he didn't have to tell me my wife. She told me. I'm the right one for you. I'm your only chance. But like I got lucky with that, right? So hope, good. Strategy, good. Hope and strategy together, muito bom. I like it. A little Portuguese for very I good.
1: I like it. I like it. Appreciate it. Well, um, I hope this mm, – I do hope – you guys, I, I love hearing um, – it, it makes me – it makes me emotional. And especially when I – you know, I just came back from the show and um, so many people shared with me um, how much they've learned from like the fight. And that's – that's been my hope. My hope was that somehow I would feel better because I would share – what I did wrong, and what I hoped people would learn from me and not have to learn for themselves. That's why, that's what drove me to do this. Um, But because I listened and because I incorporated most of the time, I mean, I still freak out sometimes, I incorporated what we were learning. I did the work I can feel the healing in, in me and in my family and in the way I approach things. And I'm a huge believer in this podcast. I'm a huge believer in the ability that we have to sit in our cars or on our Peloton bikes or in our gardens, folding our clothes and learn better ways to interact with the people that we love. I believe I believe it. And I'm thankful that this exists. To every one of you moms and dads who are out there that are just st- going to bed st- stressed and worried and afraid, don't give up hope. Keep taking action. Keep taking that one step. Keep listening and go back and re-listen to it. Because I believe that it works. But we can't just want things to be better. We have to do the work. And it helps me when I have a whole bunch of people tell me how much they love the podcast. That helps me believe in it more. Well, it
0: also helps when your kids help you clean up your crafting room, right? You know, while you're just talking, I think I came up with, we might be able to play with this acronym for the word hope, healthy optimism, plan, and execute.
1: Mm, I like it. I can make a little Boom. Move. I'm going to write a book. Someone write it down.
0: I'm going to do a two-hour speaking engagement. <laughs> <That's> trademark. <laughs> <laughs> trademark. So everybody, listener, we already trademarked it. Wink, wink. <laughs>
1: that's that's no, but awesome. I, that, that Healthy might work. optimism.
0: Planning and executing.
1: I I love that. Because it's, know, a, twofer. it's a twofer. It's a twofer. You're so good. At, Bam, it.
0: man. I should have been a marketing advertiser. You guys you really know should. I almost took a job with Taco Bell in Orange County back in the day in their marketing department. And the only reason why I had, a, I don't know if they would have actually offered me. Once enough Bell. smart people would have gotten a hold of me, like this guy's full of crap. <laughs> I knew a guy who was like, I think I just made him laugh. He's like, you got to be on my marketing team. Uh, and he was like, try Like he got me through the first couple of interviews, long story short. I was like, I'm not going to work for Taco Bell. But I looked at him like, I could have came up with some really good Cholula ads. Uh, A little inappropriate probably, but you, you know. Could.
1: I don't think Alicia would approve.
0: Oh no! She and I would have never gotten married. I would have looked like a gordita <laughs> if I worked for Taco Bell. <laughs> I would have eaten. Oh, well, I like I like Mexican food. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's that, that's my that's 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 my cross to bear.
1: One
0: hundred. A little bit too much Mexican food. All right, all
1: right. Yeah. Well, you guys, there you have it. It just born here right now. Hope is
0: healthy optimism, planning, and executing.
1: I love it. I love it. All right, you guys, don't give up. Yeah. Keep going, keep trying, keep listening, keep sharing, um, and keep helping us to light the fight.